And we are live, everyone, for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host. And as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraum, co-founder and publisher of Electric. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. Uh, so hopefully we have a little more like uh, things to play with this episode, uh, a little bit update to, um, what's it called, StreamYard. So <laughs> we're just playing with a few things. Uh, uh, if you have any feedback, don't hesitate to send it our way because uh, we are live in all the comments section right now, uh, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, anything else we're live on. I don't think so. That's it. Uh, this episode, yeah. Which one? That's it. We're not we're not on Twitter or on Twitch yet, but oh uh, yeah, we should be on Twitch. Why not? Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. Um, this episode is sponsored by SAE. Uh, international join the mobility community in Detroit from April 18 to the 20th for WCX, the largest technical mobility event in North America. You can register right now if you go into the show notes right here. You have uh, a link in the show notes, and uh, we're gonna have a little bit more to say about uh, SAE International and WCX later on on the show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but thanks SAE for sponsoring this week's episode of the Electric Podcast. All right, uh, plenty to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to start, as usual, with a couple of Tesla news, and then we have plenty of non-Tesla news this week to discuss. But as usual, we want to hear from you guys, too. So if you have any questions, any comments, any subjects you want us to discuss about the EV community, and especially the news this week, uh, please don't hesitate to send it our way in the comment section. All right, first off, uh, Cybertruck beta. So we were just talking about that last week, too. Like, Seth was complaining, like, oh, we don't see enough prototypes in the wild especially with production starting relatively soon i think it's starting set i think we're gonna this is the yep. first one and then i think we're gonna see a bunch of new prototypes on the road so stay uh, keep a, an eye out for that especially if you're like in the bay area or texas or uh, i mean that's probably the two main areas but they, they've, they've been known to get around a little bit so this was spotted by uh flavio tronzano uh, posted on Instagram, the the prototype was in Palo Alto, uh, so near Tesla's quarter. Uh, sorry, Tesla's former headquarters in California. And uh, so, why we say it's a better prototype? I mean, we, we we had to guess a little bit at first, but then Elon ended up confirming it. Um, the main thing that we could tell was, first of all, it, it's not the same prototype as the last one we saw, the Alpha builds, I guess that the you would call those. Uh, the um, the tunnel cover here is there, first of all, and it wasn't before. And it looks to be functional. Like it looks like it's like three three quarters the way up or something like that. So uh, it looks like it's an actual like functioning one. Before that, it was not like the it wasn't it wasn't the same thing. So this tunnel cover is of course the one that uh, Elon claims you can you can walk on and stand on. And he, he stood on it. Uh, was it the Jillian show, I think, or not? Yeah. And uh, also the rear windows looks like a functioning one too, wasn't the case in the previous bill. But the thing that's gonna catch your eye obviously is this little triangular sign mirror, which wasn't there before. So obviously Tesla has been aiming to not have any sign mirrors on a cyber truck. They wanna use cameras and screens inside the vehicle, but that's not legal in the US yet uh, as per NHTSA rules. So, uh, but before that, the prototypes that had, had the big like square like rectangular mirrors that you used to see on trucks and uh and there's a reason why pickup trucks have bigger mirrors because you kind of need them to be able to see behind you and uh, especially if you're going to be towing uh trailers and stuff 
uh, you, you need bigger mirrors. So people are, are looking at that and like, that should not be a side mirror that you see on a truck that size. But then um, Elon confirmed what he previously said that these mirrors are going to be removable. So, I mean, the top part of the mirror is going to be removable because the, the it's still, it's still going to have a little piece that's going to stick out as long as it is right now, just for the camera at the end to be able to look back. Uh, but by removing the mirror part of it, and already this mirror is going to be a lot more efficient than a, a, a side mirror than uh, that you're going to see on the on, on the average pickup truck because, like I said, they normally are much uh, bigger. So if you just don't want any trouble with like <laughs> don't want to get stopped by the cops or whatever reason, you could keep those mirrors on and don't really use them as mirror. Just use the um, the camera that looks back and feeds into the screens inside your your truck. Or you could remove the mirror part altogether, have the exact same experience basically, but with a little efficiency gain. Um, well, a little compared to the smaller mirror, but a big one compared to if the, if Tesla was to implement just a regular truck mirror, which again are pretty huge. Uh, so Elon confirmed that that's going to be removable by the owner, and I don't know exactly that. I need to look into the Nitsa rule on that because Elon seems to suggest that if the owner the owner is completely allowed to remove their mirrors, um, which is a bit surprising to me, but. Uh, there's a quick video on it too here. Whoop. I'm gonna have to skip on this one, so you can see this is the exact same beta build here. The the the, the same people that uh, caught it, they followed it a little bit, and uh, it is uh, it is true that it looks CGI almost. Like it's not, it doesn't look like a something that you would see on the road. So it's gonna be interesting when there's gonna be hundreds of thousands of them around. If uh, if we're really gonna get used to that seeing. That look, yeah. Here, basically. It's crazy. Like, uh, every time I see it, I'm like, I can't believe they're they're really going to do this thing. <laughs> like, uh, sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't like it. Like, some angles are good. Some angles are bad. Um, without those uh, kind of futuristic hubcaps, it definitely has a different look about it. Yeah. I don't, Almost gonna... more normal? <laughs> Almost? More, more normal, but, like, not... Like regular wheels on that thing don't look like they belong there, so I wonder if the final product's going to have hubcaps like that. Yeah, maybe like the Model Three, like they have hubcaps, so you can remove them. Right. But doesn't yeah. it look a little bit bulkier to you in those pictures? Like the the back, especially, looks like uh, the angle is a bit different from the. You don't see my my mouse now for some reason no. with the new update. Uh, but yeah, it oh, looks like. Like the the B pillar would be a little bit higher than it used to, making it like a sharper slope in the back into the bed. Oh, maybe. But almost it looks uh, it looks higher and or shorter, like one or the other. Like of course it goes together. If you if, if it is higher, it makes it look shorter. But it's interesting. Anyway, I expect that because of course Tesla confirmed last week that they have a bunch of Cybertruck builds right now, beta builds. Uh, which is the last step before the pre-production builds and uh, and then the production. So second to last step to, from production, I should say. And uh, the, I mean, Tesla has varied a lot in terms of, um, yeah, this, this sharing thing is not working as well as uh, it used to before the update. I'm having some issues here, trying to back away. But anyway, let me finish my thought here. 
Uh, Tesla has had different numbers of beta bills for different vehicle programs, uh, like hundreds most of the times. It gets into the hundreds. Of course, some of them won't be tested on public roads. Some of them are, are tested in, in um, private proving grounds. Some of them are just tested in a completely controlled environment. So, But still, we expect that a lot of them are going to be tested on public roads. So if you see any of them, make sure to take some pictures and send them our way because we're always curious to see any any changes, because this is very close to where it's going to be in production, but not completely. So as things move along, we, we might see some changes. That's going to be very interesting. What do you think of the rear lights? Yeah, uh, small, right? <laughs> yeah, really small. Yeah. I'm more curious in the front lights because the, the front lightning has changed a lot uh, for the cyber truck since the early prototype. I think it was not legal, the first one, like the first complete bar that they had. Yeah, the but, white bar's uh, gone. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I, I really cannot, like, I need to stop sharing, I guess, and then go back. Hmm. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't Maybe. work exact, exactly the same since uh, the browser. update, I guess. I'm going to have to figure that out. Sorry, folks, because this update kind of sprung on us today. All right, back in. Um, well, uh, yeah, on top of the Cybertruck being spotted, another Model 3 refresh has been spotted, uh, the, the so-called Project Highland. So the Tesla updating the Model 3 quite significantly because you see, we, you don't see a lot of ca camouflage from Tesla. Like a lot of other automakers, they love to use camouflage on their prototypes. Um, not so much this one, this type of just like literally like hiding some fabric on top of the vehicle. Like normally they'll use like a wrap that has some weird pattern and when you take a picture of it, like you don't really see the lines as well. So Tesla is literally just putting a bunch of fabric in the front and the back, which seems to be the only place that have been updated because otherwise when you look at it, it's not clear what's new. Um, here's a closer look at the, the picture from of the front end. So the front end is expected to be the one with a, a bigger update here. And it's super hard to tell here, but the headlights are supposed to be updated and the the front fascia also supposed to have an update it looks maybe a, a little bit sharper the slope here yeah. but again super hard to tell uh, yeah, with that camouflage um other than that obviously supposed to have the hardware 4 for autopilot and self-driving uh, which should be unveiled any day now uh tesla said it was in january but it didn't come in january so it could be any day and the biggest update is all supposed to be under the hood, really. Uh, not, not necessarily the powertrain, but uh, Tesla is expected to bring a lot of these uh, big casting technology to the Model 3. So most of the, those technologies have been introduced to the Model uh, Y. And Tesla has been reticent to bring, even though they uh, has proven to be extremely efficient and a better way to manufacture, uh, improve ease of manufacture, reduce cost, um, better rigidity of the body and all that, like just just benefits basically. But bringing it to the Model Three, they've been a bit reticent because that would be a big update to the production line. And if you have a big update to the production line, you're gonna have to shut it down for a while. And of course, uh, over the last two years, Model Three was still a big player in Tesla's lineup in terms of volume. But now with the Model Y taking over uh, with over a million production capacity lately, it's um, it's starting to be like good timing, a better timing to reduce them, to switch them all three to these bigger casting pieces, especially the rear and the front. Um, but it's still going to affect Tesla's uh, production for sure. 
the production line are currently being deployed. Uh, we don't have exact timing on when this uh, new version is going to be released, but uh, I would expect in the coming months, uh, definitely probably uh, around mid-year. All right, uh, the Norwegian released um, their big winter range test. So they do that every year now uh, for the last few years. And it's very interesting because uh, they have access to more vehicle, electric vehicles than any other country, any other market, uh, because most automakers, they release their electric vehicles there first because that's basically the only thing that sells there right now. <laughs> Literally, like they, they, they sell, I think they might sell like less than 100 gas-powered vehicles a month there uh, in Norway, which is, which is insane for a country that size. Um, but yeah, so we've been tracking this, uh, these tests that they've been doing there uh, at, low, at colder temperature, obviously, in this case, uh, minus 5 C to minus 10 C uh, Celsius. And they've been using this loop here between, uh, I'm gonna, not going to try to pronounce that, but uh, between Oslo and uh, north of Lillehammer, those two only names that I can pronounce from Norwegian uh, cities. Um, and this year, what was interesting is that the Model S was on, and for the first time, the refresh Model S was on the test because, of course, uh, Europe has been deprived of the Tesla Model S for two years now because of the refresh. So the latest generation Model S came into play, and it stole the show because uh, it broke every record for winter range driving. And truly impressive here, especially at, uh, if tested at minus 5 to minus 10 Celsius, because the WLTP range, so that's the advertised range, there is 634 kilometers, and it came in at 530 at that temperature, so a 16% deviation from the advertised range, which, again, the WLTP is also uh, not, like, it's somewhat lax of a, of a standard, uh, not the most rigid one, let's say. And... It's just a 16% devi deviation is very good. It's basically what I would expect in the summer <laughs> and, uh, and now it's in the winter. Of course, it's minus 5 to minus 10, which is like normal northern uh, winter temperature. Like right now, if they were doing the test right now in North America, it would be a different, <laughs> different story. Here in Shawinigan, it's minus 30 right now Celsius, which I think is like, what, minus 40 Fahrenheit, something like that? Uh, uh, it's actually, yeah, high 30s. Like High 30s, minus, yeah. Like 30 I know that minus. minus. I know it's good with the wind factor. It's minus 50 right now, right. and that's minus 58 Fahrenheit, right? Uh, which is pretty crazy. In those temperature, even with a Tesla, I would expect a 40 to even maybe 50 percent deviation for the advertised range. So keep that in mind if you're driving this weekend in the Northeast. But uh, yeah, like uh, if you compare it with the Mercedes EQE 300, which is the closest competitor to the Mall S standard. Uh, I don't think they call it standard anymore, but uh, the base Model S, let's say, the refresh version, gets 600, uh, uh, 614 kilometers of WTP range and got a 33% deviation from that range, only managed to get to 409. And what's interesting about this test here is that my understanding is that they drive the car until it just doesn't work anymore. Like they don't, they, they, they're not careful about it. They don't drive it until it gets to zero, but then you have the buffer. Like, you drive it until they need to tow it. <laughs> it's, that, it's that bad. Um, but it gives you a true idea of the actual range because that's actually how it's tested to uh, in for, for, for the advertised range, I should say. But obviously, you should not do that. But you, you never have to do that anyway because unless you're just driving for driving, but if you're driving to a specific location and 
you, you have because the range anxieties are all about like how precise is your range prediction rather than your actual overall range. Uh, Mole X Plaid also get pretty good at 18% deviation, um, still got 444 miles of range. And the Plaid obviously is a little bit uh, less efficient than the standard version. The I4, right? sorry? It's kilometers, right? Yeah, it's all kilometers. Uh, for the Mole S, I did change it to miles. Uh, 329 miles uh, was the, uh, the, the, the miles that it achieved. Basically, it's the only vehicle that got over uh, 440, uh, 450 kilometers, 280 miles. But yeah, if, if you look, I mean, this is uh, a completely independent test. It's not a test sponsored by Tesla or anything like that. And it, Tesla looks great on it because the Model S and the Model X are the only ones of the, like, the premium EVs getting under a 20% deviation range. Uh, you get a lot of high 20s, a few 30s. Uh, you, you get a few under 20 uh, at the bottom here, like uh, the Kia, Kia EV. Uh, they, they went with the GT version, though. Like, uh, I would have liked to have seen the non-GT version because I think that would have performed uh, pretty well. So the GT version only get 424 kilometers of uh, WLTP range, and it got a 17.6% deviation. So not as good as Tesla, but pretty, pretty damn close. Um, so if it was like the long range version, uh, probably would have getting close to the four. Uh, probably, no, it, it would probably maybe not 450, but uh, close to it. And they obviously don't get the lucid air over there, so no, no, no yeah. That. How does that do in the winter? Do, do we have any like uh, anecdotal? Yeah, do they have? I don't think they have much deliveries in the northeast yet. Uh, I right. think most of the deliveries are still focused in California and all that. But they just opened uh, one in Montreal. They invited me to come to the store opening in Montreal. I'm like, ah, I don't think I'm going to drive all the way to Montreal for a store opening. But if you do have one to loan me for a few weeks so I can test them in the winter, uh, I would love to get uh, winter impressions of, uh, of the Lucid Air. And guess what was their answer? No. Crickets. Crickets. So, it's a shame because uh, yeah. I'm sure people are curious. I don't know what's up with this. Uh, I'm gonna, no, okay, no, it's working. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, this just came out today. Uh, there was an update to the IRS's rule for eligibility to the uh, $7,500 EV tax credit. So it's something that we reported a few weeks ago when uh, the list came out for the new year because the tax credit went into effect. And uh, we were kind of uh, concerned about uh, the way it was laid out because they were talking about the Model Y specifically and the, and the Mackey the two main ones that were at issue here, not being considered SUVs, which is a problem because SUVs and pickup truck gets an $80,000 price limit on the MSRP versus 55 for non-SUVs and pickup, mainly like sedans and, and I guess crossover, which you could make the argument, I guess it's a crossover, but where it, it became like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind because obviously $80,000 is a generous price limit, I think, for uh, an incentive on, on, on electric vehicles because sure. it does sort of incentivize luxury vehicles. So I'm not exactly a fan of that, but it does make more sense for SUVs and pickup truck, especially if they're used for their intended use. I'm not talking about like um, just some dude that, that just drives around in a pickup truck without ever car carrying anything in it. That That's still inefficient use whether it's electric or not but if you have a model y and you're using it to uh, move your family around well if there's like four five six seven people in the car it's efficient uh, so it's worth 
paying a little bit more. And if it, you go electric, you, 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 have, uh, you have the efficiency gain there. But um, again, I would be fine if the rule applied to everything equal, but then you had like vehicles like the Lincoln uh, plug-in hybrids getting the full tax credit at $80,000 price limit just because it's heavier. So it looked like they were basing it on the gross vehicle weight rating uh, to be over 6,000 pounds. And even though the carrying capacity could be the same, if the vehicle was lighter itself, you, you lost access to the full, the full credit. It made no sense. Uh, so the Model Y, uh, other than a seven-seater version, and the Model uh, the Mac E were, were limited to the 55,000 price limit, which was a bigger problem a few weeks ago before the price cuts, but less of a problem now. But still, um, the IRS corrected that, and uh, they updated their list, and now the... Model Y, old version of the Model Y, whether it's, uh, they, they actually they remove the seven-seater thing. Now you just talk about the all-wheel drive, long range and performance, which are the three version available. They all have an 80, sorry. They all have an $80,000 MSRP limit now. Same goes for the Mustang Nike. Uh, so good news all around for uh, people that are looking to buy that car and are eligible because of course the, Eligibility criteria are not just for the vehicles, but they're also for the buyers, uh, meaning that uh, you need to have uh, an income of less than $150,000 a year if you're a single filer or $300,000 a year if you're a dual filer. Is that how you say that? A dual filer? Yeah, filer. Yeah. Filer. Yeah, it might not be StreamYard. It might be my. Uh, Chrome that's just being super laggy in terms of uh, backing. Moving around. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe if I stop sharing, it's going to help. Yep. Actually, it does. <laughs> so, no, it's the StreamYard that's uh, being a little weirdo for some reason. All right. I'm going to be right back in in a second. There you go. Next piece of news I want to discuss is... This uh, new study from the S&P Global coming out with uh, customer retention rate and uh, loyalty, basically, uh, more specifically for what they call the nomad buyers. So the, the buyers that are not already linked to a specific brand, um, which is a, quite a large percentage of the uh, new car buyers population. So a lot of new car buyers, like they have their brand and they stick to their brand and for whatever reason it is. Uh, could be a multitude of it. Uh, so brand loyalty is obviously extremely powerful in uh, the auto industry. So it is something that is worth looking at when you look at the EV revolution because new electric vehicles brands and existing brands looking to go into electric vehicles have to consider it in, in their marketing uh, aspects. So, so they, it's a big part of the going electric. And Tesla is obviously an interesting case study here because it is a newer brand. Uh, I'm not; they don't have a lot of data on obviously on Rivian and Lucid and all those because literally they started delivering like 12 months ago, so there's not any relevant data. But Tesla, even though it's not as new, like 10 years old at this point, they've been delivering a lot of cars or significant numbers of cars. They, there's enough data that it's worth looking into, but it is also new enough that these nomad buyers, like the first-time buyers in that brand, uh, there's a lot of it, obviously. On top of that, they also separate the nomads into the one-and-done, which is the people that are, are, are buying a car for the first time, a brand for the first time, and then they don't go back to it. 
So they call that one and done. So looking at those two specific categories of nomads, well, regular nomads and one and dones, uh, they came out with Tesla being on top of every other brand here. Uh, so you can see here the uh, share of loyalist conquest. So that's, that's where you, you want to be. And uh, Tesla is leading the pack here, uh, even in front of uh, extremely well-established. Like, as you can see, the, 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 the first few, the top brands are more like premium brands. Um, just like that, like people that buy BMWs generally they, they keep buying BMWs. Same thing for Mercedes, Audi. And then the more affordable brand that's still on top is Toyota, and that has been due to their reliability. Um, people love that. Similar thing for Volkswagen. And then it starts going down, and uh, you have the Buick, the GMCs, and the Cadillacs that are uh, at the bottom of that rankings. But Tesla is at the top and with a significant margins too, so that's, that's uh, impressive and a, a good sign for Tesla. Basically, if you look at it, uh, the one and done rate at Tesla, and again, not perfect because Tesla is so new that a lot of one and done, they just might still have the car. Like they're not, they haven't moved on yet. It's that, but still, the, the, so you have to look with the discrepancy with the average of the industry and the discrepancy could be even higher in the future as, uh, as these people come back to the market and possibly stick to Tesla. Um, so the, the rate is 39% compared to 58% in the industry. So that's, that, that's a big difference here. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's an interesting thing to look at because no, when, you com when you combine the loyalty rate with Tesla buyers with the fact that Tesla is delivering more volume than anyone by a wide margin when it comes to electric vehicles, you have a problem where Tesla is like conquering all the mind shares basically in the EV industry. And it's going to be harder and harder for other brands to, to go get those buyers because of the satisfaction rate, which is the highest in the industry for Tesla and the consequent loyalty rate. And obviously I think there's a lot of uh, specific like features of Tesla vehicles that go into that. I listed us on the supercharger network, I think is the biggest one. Uh, hopefully that will subsidize over the over the next few years as other third-party network becomes more reliable, becomes bigger, uh, water appeal. And that's also opening a supercharger network to other EVs, which is supposed to come in any day now in North America and already happening in Europe and other other markets. So this 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 will maybe level the playing field a little bit, which is going to be nice for the rest of the industry. But also, I think the user interface is just a next level for Tesla. And if you get used to it, going back to a Ford or a BMW or whatever, it, it gets hard. Unless you're a fan of like Apple CarPlay and, and Android Auto and all that, that will give them, those automakers, a bit of a hedge. Tesla software update. Obviously, like getting into your car in the morning and having a bunch of new features, that's, that's awesome. That's more what people are used to with technology these days, especially like the Apple model been very successful. Mm -hmm. uh, and the last one that I like to mention too, and that would be also maybe a little bit more difficult for especially the established automakers to, to, to go into Tesla buyer conquest is the direct-to-consumer model and the lack of third-party dealerships. So... Uh, like most people I've talked to that are new car buyers, unless maybe like a few that are very friendly with their dealerships, uh, for the most part, it's not a great experience to go to your dealership. So 
the fact that you can avoid that altogether by buying a Tesla or a Rivian and the Lucid, so that's that they're good on that front. Um, but compared to like a GM or a Ford or a Toyota, that's a big deal. Like if you're if you can avoid that altogether, I think it would be harder. Like right now, I would have issue like going back to a dealer with all my last three cars being Tesla vehicles, basically. What do you think, Seth? It's true. Uh, I didn't have a great experience um, ever going to, to a dealer. Um, I think this time I informed the dealer that, you know, I was publisher of a auto website. So I got a good experience where maybe other people wouldn't have. Um, but it was pretty, cheater. it was fine. It was, uh, what'd you say? I said cheater. Yeah, I cheated <laughs> a little cheating. bit. <laughs> I know, and I, I kind of want to, you know, for a story, just get like the average user's experience. But I really, like, I, I really don't want to get an average user's experience because it's pretty horrible. Um, when I had my mom get a, a Chevy Bolt, uh, the dealer decided to try to snook her, in, her into a $2,000 maintenance package. Which I thought was like you know, the lowest of the low. Like how, how you know how how horrible of a person do you have to be to like try to I don't know get get a woman to spend two thousand dollars on something that she doesn't need. Anyway, it uh, dealers suck. Like and it like the the even the like the idea of going to a dealer um, is like eh, I would rather I'd rather uh, just get a tesla or something yeah it's, it's just not an ideal experience all the way around and it, also just just from the pricing standpoint like the fact that you can go to one dealer and like not get the same price from the other dealer it, it, it's it's not if you can avoid that altogether and just like basically buy a car online obviously i'm not saying that the online experience is the only only one like i think tesla rivian and lucid they need those physical location primarily for test drives. Um, but the pricing aspect, and I know like we, we've discussed a lot of Tesla's pricing as a problem lately, but the problem is a different one at least. Like it's not, it's not the fact that you can get a Tesla this price, this Tesla store, another price, this one. It's more about like the fact that it varies so much as a whole. Uh, but I would still prefer that to having to negotiate my way through a bunch of dealerships. Uh, but yeah. yeah, and I think the legacy automakers realize that there's a big problem. Like, uh, you know, we know Polestar has the the end around where you don't really have to deal with dealers. Mm-hmm. Ford is making efforts to to bypass the dealers or at least like make the deal online. So when you go into the dealership, they can't surprise you or, you know, renegotiate things, something with you. So they're working on it, yeah. but... But then that's just the buying experience from the dealers. Then you have the service experience. And that's yeah. also not something that's uh, been looked at in a positive way for third-party dealership. Actually, it's probably the worst one because uh, a lot of dealers, especially in the premium brands where Tesla operates, they've been known to overcharge and you go there and for like an oil change and then they find a bunch of things that they need to replace. Right. And even if it's under warranty, well... It's not. It's not a, a great. It's it's not a great business model for for the automaker itself. So, uh, basically, giving an edge for Tesla of servicing its own vehicle of under warranty at the least. Like even if you don't trust Tesla as a consumer, 
well, you can trust that Tesla is going to give itself the best deal. And by doing that, you get more profitable. By being more profitable, you can have either water mar margins or better costs for your customers. And hopefully that, especially with this EV price war that we've been talking about, uh, it's going to re re result in better costs for, uh, for, for customers. So these are all things that gives Tesla a big edge. It's going to be hard for, for, for these um, giant companies, especially the ones that are late to the EV games like Toyota, uh, to, to conquest, to go on, a, on the consumer conquest, really. But that was, I think that was our last Tesla news for today. Then we're going to jump into non-Tesla news in a few minutes. But before that, a quick word uh, about our sponsor, SAE International and the WCX uh, conference. All right. Uh, this week's episode is sponsored by SAE International, host of the WCX World Congress Experience event. For 2023, WCX is set to return to Detroit from April 18th through 20th at Huntington Palace, Huntington Place, sorry. As the largest technical mobility event in North America, WCX brings together thousands of engineers, suppliers, and mobility professionals to exchange ideas, discuss today's challenges, and build powerful relationships to move your career and the industry forward. Join the global mobile mobility community in Motor City this April to stay up to date on the latest technological advances, participate in the roundtable discussions, and network with the brightest minds in the industry. Gain a competitive advantage and meet the people shaping the future of mobility. Visit wcx.sae.org to register now. All right. Thank you, SAE, for sponsoring the show this week. Uh, we have a few more news items to discuss, and then we're going to jump into the comment section. So I see already plenty of questions today. We appreciate those. We'll get to them in a few minutes. If you have more, we're going to have time for some more. So you can put uh, in the comment section, whether you're listening on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, wherever you're watching. Uh, no, we don't take questions. We don't see the questions from Twitter. Never mind. <laughs> Lincoln. And... Um, and yeah, if you do enjoy the show, please give us a thumbs up right now. That helps the show more than you can think. And it takes a second and it's free to do. You can subscribe and get notification for the next time we go live. Uh, that's also super useful. And if you're listening to your podcast app right now, if you can give us a five-star review on Apple or wherever podcast app you're rating, th that helps the show a ton. And we appreciate every single one of them. All right, let's get back to it. Ionic 6 are coming soon. EPA range has been unveiled ahead of the launch. And um, the efficiency, as we've been getting used to from Hyundai so far uh, and Kia, is impressive. It rivals actually the Lucid Hair EVs, a much more premium vehicle. And uh, all right, let's get into the, the details real quick right here. So again, that's what I like also from Hyundai and the Ionic series is the trims, like they give you a bunch of different trims. Like you have all the options. You can have like all wheel drive, rear wheel drive, long range, short range on all the different powertrain. Uh, in this case, they also give us the wheel size, which we know uh, affects the efficiency a lot. So you get, uh, so this is from, okay. Rear wheel drive option on 18 inch wheels and the long range battery pack, 361 miles of EPA rating. And uh, MP uh, miles per gallon equivalent of 140. Uh, that's that's yeah, that's uh, top notch. It's really impressive. Yeah, top notch. That's, very good. It doesn't get better than this. 
Then you have the Ionic 6 uh, all-wheel drive, again, with the long range and the 18-inch wheels. So with the all-wheel drive version, you lose some efficiency compared to the rear-wheel drive. A lot so of you drop, Yeah, a decent amount. You drop to 120 versus 140. And that will miles. result. Yeah, that will result in 35 miles difference. Uh, pretty significant. Then you can have the, um, what do they call it? The SEL. So I guess it's just like the standard battery pack version is that it oh no i think uh, i think that's just a a premium package over the 18 inch and then okay so but can you all be the same battery pack really yeah i think they're all the same battery pack okay. they don't have the the small battery pack like um the hmm. yeah, ionic had so just the, the just the luxury package and the twin with the 20 inch wheels will bring down the range from 361 to 305 yeah, that's it looks like... a bit surprising to me. That's a big drop. 117 MPG, just 140. Uh, then the all-wheel drive version, you drop to 270 miles of range, 103 crazy. MPG. That's bad. <laughs> like that's pretty crazy. They go from like incredible to like bad efficiency. Um, all-wheel drive, 20-inch uh, wheels. Because 121 on the all-wheel drive, long-range, 18-inch wheels. That's actually like decent. That's pretty good. Uh, then you have the limited version, rear-wheel drive with 20-inch wheel, 305. That has to be, right? No, no, it has to be different. Yeah, it has to be different packs there. No, it's, look just, at... it's the same as the other 20. Oh, I no, mean, okay, okay, okay. Oh, you're, you're right, you're right, you're right. Sorry, I, I, I missed uh, read that one. So 305, so basically the same range, same efficiency with the limited. So the limited has to be like just a, a badge, basically, or something like that, which is often the case. Um, when is this coming into dealership? Uh, starting this spring. This spring, you're gonna see the Ionic 6, which is um, a little bit more of a controversial design for some. Some I, I love it, I think it's uh, I think it's even better than the Ionic 5. I think, and I love the Ionic 5 design, yeah, I like um, it too. But some people are, are just hung up on that rear hand. I don't know, I like it, yeah, it's got like uh. You know, Porsche, Porsche vibes, maybe some uh, uh, Citroën kind of thing going Citroen. on. Citroën. Uh, that's a deep cut right there. Yeah. Sorry. Um, all right. We kind of teased it last episode, but now it's officially out. Uh, the Mackie price cuts. So they have to do it. Well, they tell you they don't have to do it. They tell you that they're doing it because they're ramping up production and whatnot. But as we know... Automakers sell cars for as much as they can sell it on the market. That's just that's just a, how the capitalistic uh, society we live in works. Uh, but if you are to believe what Ford says, they they, they says that they're ramping up production. Uh, do, do we have the I think I, I put the numbers in there. Uh, so they delivered just short of forty thousand units last uh, year, uh, but they have an overall capacity of eighty thousand units uh, globally. And they want to increase that to 130,000 units a year uh, by the end of the year. So that's uh, that's a, a big ramp up. So it's going to help in pricing. But for the most part, I think they are trying to compete with Model Y, the big price cuts on the Model Y. And uh, to be fair, the price cuts are a little bit less, uh, but still uh, still significant. So the biggest one is uh, the extended range version, uh, the premium G. Uh, yeah, the, mm, does that make sense? Well, the extended range battery pack itself got a $1,600 price cut. So whatever model you want to have the extended range, it's $1,600 less. 
Uh, but the big price cuts come from uh, the California route, for example, one uh, all-wheel drive version, uh, extended battery pack. That's I think that's the longest range version that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, see, it sees a $5,500 price cut. Now it starts at $58,000. Basically, the new price points are starting at $46,000 uh, going up to $64,000. Um, and obviously now all eligible to the $7,500 tax credit at least until March. Then we're going to have to see with the new battery guidance uh, how Ford lands with those battery material requirements which um, I have some concern on for Ford. Uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe you're going to see the tax rate go from 7500 to 3750 uh, But uh, yeah, if you're in the market for a Mackie, I think right now is probably a good time to buy uh, before March. Just my guess. Again, I don't, I don't know exactly that you... Maybe Ford doesn't know either at this point. Uh, still on Ford, uh, some comment from the CEO about uh, the next generation EV uh, pickup truck. So as soon as Ford launched the Lightning, they, they were clear that this is very much their first attempt at making an electric pickup truck and that the next one is going to be like a, a big step forward uh, from uh, with, with the new platform. Also, a new the new production capacity, like all these new like Ford Oval and these giant new factories that they're building. Uh, the, the the volume is going to come with the next generation pickup truck. And um, so Mr. Farley said that uh, we are in the deep, we are deep in the development of our second generation EVs, including our next generation electric full-size pickup. These EV will be fully software updatable. Uh, that means a brand new electric ar- architecture and they're going to be radically simplified. Imagine three body style each with volume potential of up to a million units, just a handful of orderable com- uh, combinations. So basically, the, he's talking about electrifying Ford's pickup lineup because that's what pickup lineup is. Like, they have like the F one fifty, which a bunch of different configuration, the two fifty, three fifty, and all that, and uh, they all have extremely high uh, production capacity in the millions. Uh, well, each in around a million, I should say. Uh, so he's basically saying that you're going to see that available on a pure EV platform. And uh, was there a timeline on that? If I remember, it's like 2025 that they're aiming this new platform. Did he update that timeline? I don't think so. No, I think it's still 2025. Yeah, 2025 is when the new platform comes. Uh, fully software updatable too. That's nice. Uh, the the we know that Ford needs to work a lot on that because uh, a lot of automakers have been promising that. Like Volkswagen has done it, obviously. Um, a few like established automakers, I should say. Uh, the 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 smaller startup have a better hold on this, but um, not software company. And Volkswagen has proven that times and times again. Right. Uh, where. You know, the infotainment maybe is updatable and all that, but then when you, when you need to do an update to the powertrain uh, to software update, it's uh, not the easiest thing in the world. I mean, you remember Bolt EV also promised that oh, it's going to be fully software updatable, and then you have to, like, go download an update on a USB stick and plug it into your car and all that, and you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> I know. It, it's very weird. And to this day, it's still not fully software updatable, like, eight years later. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, Farley actually at the uh, Christmas event uh, or the holiday event um, was like, hey, I just got back from, you know, the development labs and we watched a car fully update all of its software, including, you know, its motor computer and, and you know, everything else. So this was like, you know, 
a month ago. So that that's the first time Ford has ever. Yeah, you were excited about it. Like, yeah, like, oh, it was I the like first time <laughs> in development they've they've ever done it. So yeah. it's pretty new to them. Yeah, when Tesla's been doing it since 2012, it's yeah. uh, it's a bit nuts. All right, um, Rivian, some bad news. Well, bad news actually, probably some good news. Some bad news for 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 a few hundred people, maybe a few a thousand people is that uh, a new wave of layoff has been announced this week amid uh, serious cost concerns. So CEO RJ Scarringe announced that 6% of the workforce is going to be laid off over the coming weeks uh, in an attempt to control costs. And that's something we've been talking about with Rivian for, for a while now. We need to see cost improvements. Otherwise, I, there's just no way that they're going to succeed. Um, I know people always, they have $13 billion in the bank right now. Like, that's nice, but you can burn into $13 billion pretty fast if you're selling a car uh, for a third of what it costs you to make it. And that's literally what the Rivian has been doing for a while now. And I wouldn't be so worried if I would see some like significant improvements coming up, but we, we don't see that. So we, we, we need to see something. Like, I, I pull up the numbers just for... People are always people are always fighting back on on, on you know that They're like hey Tesla was the same Tesla was not the same it's not wasn't wasn't that crazy so as the last Q3 report uh, Riven brought in just over 500 million dollars in revenue from selling a few thousand EVs which is great but it caused them almost 1.5 billion to build them and again I'm not talking about operational costs about investments and about all that I'm I'm talking about purely the cost of building those goods. Um, 1.5 billion to make half a billion worth of EVs. Not good. And then on top of it, did I put the? Uh, yeah, on top of it, they spent about a billion dollars a quarter in operational costs. So make the math. That's losing about two billions a quarter. And so I, I think this quarter, like or at least the, the this earnings coming up on the 28th. I think on the 28th they're gonna release their earnings. It's gonna be a big one. It's gonna be like a make or break one because. They produced 10,000 vehicles in Q4. If there were no meaningful improvement in gross margin, that's going to be just a bloodbath of a quarter. Like they're going to lose a ton of money on that because before that, it was like 4,000 units a year and they were still losing a billion dollars just before operational cost. It's, so, so it's going to be a big one. If we don't see any meaningful improvement and with this wave of uh, layoff coming early in 2023 and not in that last year, it could be an indication that uh, they don't know what to do anymore to, to reduce the cost. And it is, it is worrying uh, for sure. And because, because that's just one part of the business. They also need to expand their infrastructure, their service centers, uh, their, their, their charging network and all that. That's a lot of money too. Uh, so this $13 million that investors keep coming back to as a, as a way to reassure themselves is uh, it's not going to be there for, for too long. And, Obviously, Rivian has a big advantage where they have like deep-pocketed investors, namely Amazon. But will Amazon want to invest in them? If like right now, Amazon kind of has a sweet deal where, like, they, they are buying hundred thousand electric vans from Rivian. Uh, for I, I, don't, I don't know, they're not disclosing the cost of it, but uh, what or what Amazon is paying. But Amazon is probably like paying Rivian a third of what it costs Rivian to build a van. So it's actually a good deal for them. So yeah. uh, I don't know uh, if that might be just worth the investment itself. 
All right, we have uh, one last piece of news, and that's a quick new look at the Equinox EV that GM released this week. Um, not many details, so this this chart here that gives you like the estimated range, again, not the official APA range. It's all, um, why is it all available in 2024? Was it not coming this year? At the end of yeah, it's year? coming this year, but it's a 2024 model. It's supposed to be in the fall. Yeah, but then that availability thing is wrong then because oh, it's yeah. a spring 2024. It's yeah, a yeah, I agree. It's a 2024 model, but okay. Anyway, that's not what's new anyway. <laughs> it's uh, this this video here that gives us a quick look at the at the car here. Uh, so basically some new angles and uh, that we've seen since the prototype has been unveiled last year. I think it's not a bad looking car. It's no, it's sharp looking. Some- Bolt vibes. I, li- I like the interior. I like that screen they have wrap around. Um, when we did see the uh, Rivian, or sorry, when we did see the um, Equinox in person, it did have a plug in the back, like a, you know, like a vehicle to load kind of thing. So uh, hopefully that makes it to the final version. Yeah, I'm excited. I like the two tones too. The two tones is nice. Um. Yep. Back to you. It just showed the, the purely gray one, and I'm not mad at that either. You have a sunroof. I don't know if that's probably optional because 30,000 version. So that's what's nice. Like, that's what I wanted the bolt to be when it first released. Like, again, not now. Like, I, I do enjoy the bolt now for, for, for the value. But back in the day when it was like a $35,000, $40,000 car, I was like, eh, that doesn't feel like a $35,000, $40,000 car. This this is uh, like this is gonna be a, a thirty to forty thousand dollar car, and it, it does uh, it does feel like it, right? Yeah, it, it's a nice looking car inside well, and out. Well, it does feel like it. I mean, it does look like it. I shouldn't say feel. I haven't, I haven't felt it just yet. <laughs> but I'm enjoying I'm enjoying what we see so far. Even like you said, the interior, those screens look good. Uh, like the instrument cluster, uh, sort of extending into the center display. That's a standard uh, GM wheel here, Chevy wheel. Like the steering wheel is uh, always look like that at GM. Wireless phone charging. Ooh, wow. Uh, fancy. Yeah. That, so far, everything we've heard from the Equinox and we have seen from the Equinox points to uh, them having quite a success on their hand. My biggest question with these vehicles is, are, is GM serious about making a lot of these? Like, are they going to have 100,000 available? Or are they making twenty thousand? You know. Well, if they want to hit that price point, they're gonna to have to make a ton of them. I think. I, I hope so. Uh, yeah, because otherwise uh, they're gonna lose money on it, like like they did with the Bolt for for years. So. Right. Uh, and you don't have a business if you don't make money selling your cars. So. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's jump into the comments the comment section. Oh, we have a new a new way to put the comments. Nice. Yeah. All right, uh, Richard Cool says, "Talk a bit about your day-to-day experience driving your Tesla during Montreal winter." <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm not driving my car day-to-day, which is nice because I work from home, uh, so it's not—it's definitely not an ideal situation. But I do drive it long distance a lot because I do driving between Montreal and Shawinigan, which is my my main residence now. Well, not officially my main residence, but I, I spend a lot of time here now, um, and it is. The winter, you, especially with Tesla, like the one, the one thing I don't like with Tesla, like my friend just sent me uh, in his ID4, my friend has a new ID4 and he sent me, he, he, he was driving back from work just now and um, 
it's minus 30 right now. And he sent me the, his car like showing only like 180 kilometers of range, which looks bad. Like this is bad. Like this is not what the ID4 should get. But I prefer that to getting into my Tesla, telling me I have 400 kilometers of range. And then as I drive for like 20 minutes or when I was I'm supposed like driving, it's about an hour and a half, two hours between here and Montreal. Uh, then I, I drive for 20 minutes and the 400 kilometers drops to like, oh, 250 kilometers or something like that. Makes no sense. So that's my main complaint about this. And they have improved that over the last few years. They have improved the, the, the range prediction quite a bit, but it's still not like it, there's a delay to it and that can confuse you. Uh, so it's just more planning, basically. That's, that's the only thing that you need when you're driving an electric vehicle and especially a Tesla. Um, but I would like a better range prediction with the cold. Uh, I'm curious. I haven't, today, like, it's minus 30, minus 50 with the, with, with, with the wind factor. And it's going to be like that. Like, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be driving today, but uh, I'm going to have to probably get out at some point tomorrow. Uh, I'm curious to see uh, what, what my range looks like. The car is in the garage right now. Like garage is a game changer too. Obviously, yeah. if you're parking outside right now, even if you plug in, I mean, if you have level two, it's not too bad. But like at my condo, I don't have a garage. I'm plugging outside on level one. If you're plugging outside on level one right now, you're you're not charging. <laughs> right, you're just like, keeping your battery like from, from freezing. Yeah, you might be able to uh, keep it from freezing and doing the vampire drain, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So um, I'm actually yeah. uh, driving to Vermont, which has similar temperatures as you uh, now. And I'm either going to do it tonight or tomorrow. And I can't decide which is worse. Um, but they, we usually drive to, directly there. It's 180 miles. Uh, we get there pretty easily, even in the winter time, with a 300-mile you know, Model uh, 3 or Model Y. Uh, but to be safe this time, we're going to go through Albany. So that adds about 20 miles to our... Uh, trip but there's a supercharger in albany that's uh you know we'll get um charged up and then it's only 75 miles from albany to our place so i mean but it's going to be like negative 20 something degrees fahrenheit which is you know insane um <laughs> no reference no it's it's just a crazy temperature like uh i remember when i was a kid uh i went to a football game and it was like negative five degrees and I was losing my mind how cold it was. Like, I was having a hard time breathing. So this is, like, another 20 degrees below that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I just went outside just before the show just to shovel a tiny little bit. And, boy, like, you, you have to control your breathing because you don't want to get, like, a big breath of that hair. It's no, just too you cold. It feels like you're, you're freezing your car because I'm well-equipped. Like, I have, I have the Canada Goose that's supposed to be good for minus 30. Uh, I have uh, um, Jimmy Corbin. I don't know how you say that in English. Like the under your pants, like you have full long uh, pants under your pants. Basically. Long underwear. Like long underwear. Yeah. I have all that and still, so you think you're good, but I'm mean, I sure I put my ski goggles on and all that too. That would help. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, so we're going skiing tomorrow like idiots uh, or snowboarding. <laughs> and uh, if you like, we're putting like Vaseline between the, the, mm -hmm. the ski thing and the... Uh, it's going to be cold, cold, cold. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I hope we don't screw up something like, you know, like if you get stuck, you know, like what if I like, you know, drive off the road or something, I'm, yeah. I'm screwed. Like we're dead. <laughs> like it's yeah. not, it's not like a whoops, you know, whatever. It's like, there's nothing, there's no, there's no recourse. 
Yeah, so, be safe out there, people. Bring candles, bring blankets, and all that. Yeah, hey, just a candle in a car can can save your life. Yeah, for it can uh, last hours too. Mm-hmm. All right, Cybertruck seems like a all-in big gamble with big sales expectations that need to be met in order to support the share price trend. Yeah, I mean, we'll share. It. I don't know about the trend. I mean, it's been going up lately for sure, but like it is still. Um, like Tesla is going to be able to sell probably like 2 million cars this year, which is like a massive luxury automaker. It's massive for luxury automakers like Tesla. So it's not, it doesn't necessarily, well, it needs new models for sure, but the Cybertruck is not necessarily a make it or break it thing. Um, it is a big gamble in the term of it is massively different from the yeah, average pickup truck. There's no doubt about it. But I think it's gonna work. Like I don't, I don't see it not working so far. Like I just, if especially if they have like a smooth like production ram, and sounds like they're gonna be using the forty six eighty. Um, so if the forty six eighty is, if they owned it by now, like by the time this thing goes into production, if if they have like this this thing works, um, and you get the efficiency gain from that. I, I think they're in business with, with that truck. I guess yeah, not for everyone. Obviously not my, for everyone, my but thing for is enough like, people. I know that design is really cool for mm-hmm. you know a certain aesthetic, but like we're talking mainstream. And I, I don't know that like mainstream everybody is gonna want to drive around in that thing. Also, there's some a lot of uncertainties, like, oh, you know, the edges are sharp. Like that, you know, that might be annoying, like to get cut by your car by walk you know you're walking by it and your hip hits it and you, you're bleeding like i don't know if it's that sharp obviously but like that kind of stuff would you know be a pain and then you know there's the uncertainty of like well does tesla know how to make a car with an exoskeleton and then you know an exoskeleton- yeah, I, i'm not i'm not so concerned about that anymore because what tesla is calling an exoskeleton now we know with seeing the body and everything is like okay it's it's barely an exoskeleton like take it like if that is an exoskeleton, like every car where the body panels have some structural uh, contribution, then mm-hmm. you're an exoskeleton. Okay. Because like, because they are body panels still, I think the way the way we the way we saw it. So I'm not too I mean, concerned the, about that part. Yeah, I mean the way we saw it, it looked like sheet metal just bent around it. So I don't know if that's mm-hmm. is that the final form. I don't know. Um, uh, do you mean the prototype now? I mean the the body, the when the Cybertruck body leaked from the Gear Factory Texas, right? Whatever. Yeah, that was. We saw like it was built like very much like a normal truck, really, just with bigger casting part for the body, obviously, which is good. Yeah. Uh, in, in Tesla, so that's why I'm less worried about because of that because Tesla can carry out the experience from the Model Y into into that. Right. All right. Uh, he continues. Is Tesla going to continue thumbing its nose at regulators? I would say yes. Uh, right, we, I mean, we 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 talked about or we we, uh, we saw in the 10K that they, uh, they had some more regulation coming their way. All right, Kyle Rash says, "What do you think it will take to get Tesla to produce more normal truck cancellations, competition?" Elon has mentioned a backup plan, right? Without any details leaked yet. So. I, do I don't know if they that. have an official backup plan more than that. Elon was like, yeah, like if we need to make a regular looking pickup truck, like we can make a regular looking pickup truck. Like it's not that difficult. And he's probably right about that. Like a lot of pickup trucks, he just look the same. 
Uh, I just don't think they're gonna need it, honestly. Uh, yeah, I just don't see them needing it. I think I think this thing's gonna work. Well, not for everybody, not for David Pierne. He's what am I supposed to think? It's desirable. Okay. Uh, the rear window looks small. It does look small. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Tesla is years ahead, according to FSD beta in Seattle, but the competition is coming. Uh, but he's also laughing or crying. Good time, so. uh, Charlie redeemed. I just got done cruising e-bikes with my homie. I'm no Avenue. To... Okay, uh, that's maybe a different show. Yeah, question, do... I want to check the evening <laughs> instead. Question: Does the aspect ratio of the Cybertruck video look a little distorted? It looks a little too tall and too skinny, especially the tires are really skinny. Yeah, that's always a concern with with those videos, especially on Instagram and all that, and people. Eat. I don't know. Uh, it does look a little bit different, but it might be, like you said, it might be the video being distorted. We, we, but that's why we need more pictures. <laughs> like if you, yeah, if you guys man. spot the Cybertruck beta around, send us some pictures. We need to take a, a look, a comparison, make sure that we uh, we know what we're looking at. All right, David WS says the taillights are very tiny. Get ready to get rear-ended. All right, so we got again. Like we we need more data. We like look tiny on that specific picture, but we need more data. All right, Romeo Mara. Any word on FSD hardware version four in the market for Model Y? Wait for the announcement and order it when it ships with V four. Do you think there will be a price increase with V four? All good questions. Um, I mean, you know, as signal that Tesla could increase the price of the Model Y a little bit, uh, not necessarily linked to V4, maybe just linked to market conditions. Uh, timing on V4, like the only timing that we had is Tesla's uh, request for confidentiality with the FCC. Uh, so FCC, or, well, I keep confusing those two. The FCC, or what is the other one? FTC, FT I think. FTC? Trade No, that's a trade commission, like. Anyway, one of those, <laughs> they, uh, they, they were asking for confidentiality until January because they plan to launch the new radar in January, and we assumed that the new radar would be part of the Hardware 4 suite of sensors and probably computer, too, for, um, for autopilot and self-driving. So that's the only data we have right now. So it could be it could be any data. Not only can be any day. It could be already in new cars, and we don't even know. Like you know, you know how Tesla is, and then they announced it. Like oh, hey, by the way, everything that's been delivered since last week has been hardware for. So we don't know until we know. Yeah. And uh, th there could be a price increase or a mm. price decrease or anything in between. <laughs> so yeah, we're so useful today. So. Yeah. <laughs> could go each way. Uh, question, when the EV tax credit rules change in March, April, are most cars with a current credit expected to get $37.50? Yeah, uh, that's a tough one, too. We need, we need those guidelines before we can make that a statement. But yes, there's a, lot, there's a lot of battery materials coming from China right now that's going to make it hard for a lot of automakers to, to achieve complete eligibility. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think I think that's one of those things where Tesla is best positioned to, uh, because most vehicles that Tesla produce in North America, where where they need to be uh, for the assembly uh, criteria, have batteries coming from Panasonic, built 
in North America, and also Panasonic supply chain is favorable to uh, to, to uh, the free trade agreement thing that uh, is part of the eligibility of uh, the full tax credit also. All right, Stefan Frokjar, uh, question. The last three cars have been Teslas. Are Teslas that bad? You have to change them that often. Tesla is not that old a company. Uh, no, it's not because I have that. I have a 2012 Model, model S that I still have. Uh, when I, I I'm more adding to to, to the yeah. to my cars, it's not that I'm changing them. No, I, uh, I still have all my Tesla except for one that I that I sold just because I didn't need it because it, it was the car that I had in in LA and I'm not staying in LA anymore. So I sold it, but yeah, no, no. I mean, that car had four hundred thousand miles on it. So, talk about needing to change it off. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to LA in April. Do you think uh, Chris will let me borrow that thing? Yeah, Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you want to be caught driving in it. A lot of people don't like the way it look these days. <laughs> yeah. I like it though, but uh, it's been graffiti on it. Graffiti? No. Yes, All right. Uh, P85 says question conspiracy theory. Any chance the government added all Model Ys to the tax credit to get Tesla to increase the price to take pressure off other car makers? I think that is way too much reading into nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did he did admit that it's a conspiracy theory, so uh, it is a pretty wild one. Uh, no, I think he just did the right thing, and I think I think they realized from the co public comments on it and everything that. It was pretty dumb not to give the Model Y, but then to give like a plug-in hybrid that gets 30 miles of range and big SUVs that the tax rate, it made, it made no sense. The tax rate should be on how efficient the car is and how much potential it has to lower the impact on, on the environment. That's the goal of it, really. All right, Spikes43 says, question, any thoughts on the Rivian and F-150 getting fried on EA chargers making the rounds on Twitter this week? Has this happened with superchargers? Uh, well, we've seen you know some fires, but um, I you know I don't know too much about those. As far as the EA thing, I've also seen a Chevy Bolt uh, having a short from a uh, EA charger. I don't know if it's a thing. Like I don't know if this is something that we need to worry about. Um, but there has been a few of these in the last couple of days or weeks. Um, the F one fifty was taken to Ford and and fixed uh we actually talked to that guy uh didn't talk to the uh the rivian guy about it um it's hard to it's hard to imagine it's ea's fault though because they're just delivering uh dc power um you know maybe it's not cycling back in time like if the ford is saying hey uh you need you need to uh slow down the charge and it's not mm -hmm. i don't know what do you think yeah, it's a weird one for sure because these things are usually like tested like thoroughly. Like, uh, mm -hmm. like every every automatic, every charging station manufacturer has to test their charging station with all uh, brands before they can be accepted on their on their chargers. Um, so they they all have like some kind of facility, especially in Michigan and whatever the cars are being made, and they go and, and test them there. So it's it, like you said, and I'll, like you said, it's also a pretty simple process of accepting DC current. So it's not, yeah, it's a, it's it's a weird one. I, I would I would think it's like I would I wouldn't I wouldn't think it's a major concern right now. Uh, it might be uh, specific issues with these specific not only models but these 
units themselves. Uh, so, so far I would treat it like that, but we'll keep an eye on the story for sure. If there's more that happens, then it's going to become a bigger concern. All right, Greg Poland, comment. I'm from Texas and having a candle in the car is a freaking great idea. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, kind of like living in the North is you just like yeah. have one in the glove box. Like also, do make sure, that? also make sure you have a lighter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> candles not well, a lot no, of help. Yeah, there's not a lot of place that have a, a cigarette lighter anymore. Like in other yeah. cars that have a cigarette lighter. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, let's see. I think he had a follow up question. Y'all up north, what do you pack in your car for winter emergency situation? Uh, so we, we've got blankets. Um, we also have. I don't know if it's cold specific, but we also usually have like a, a gallon of water in the back somewhere. Oh, I don't have that. I have like an extra like winter coat, like a like a very tough one, like like even there, candle. Uh, do I have a blanket or not? Like um, traction aids, <laughs> pretty useful. Uh, traction aids. That's a, that's a difference maker for sure. That's Are you mean it. for the for the top for the car the tires? Yeah, like the, you know uh, those uh, metal chains. ones that you just. It's not chains, but you you put them in front of your tires. And it drips into the ice. Oh yeah. And yeah, then yeah. if your car is stuck, basically, it, it as soon as you get on them, you get good traction, and then right. Uh, so that's 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 a game changer for sure. Yep. If you get oh, stuck, like you can you can you can pretty get unstuck from pretty much anything with with good traction aids. Yep. Uh, you know, in Texas, I think that's a thing that they might need to think about sometimes. Now that the uh, I mean, some ice, some ice. place in Texas they get snow. Right. I had some ice recently. Uh, Jake's online says all these companies recently had several price increases, so they probably went too far. Um, I, I, I think like we said previously, uh, they charge as much as they can get, and mm -hmm. if they can't sell cars, and they lower the prices. Uh, Seattle Vienna, which legacy car company do you think is most at risk of not making the EV transition? Toyota. Toyota's the big one. Yeah, there's kind of like the Toyota sphere of influence with like yeah Subaru all the Japanese and, basically <laughs> and Mazda yeah um and like Nissan they were ahead of the game they had the Leaf mm. and they haven't been able to get the Aria like off the line at all um yeah, so that's crazy that's kind of a bummer yeah all the Japanese are at risk I think at, at the very least with Toyota being Toyota is the big you know, like if Toyota falls from the revolution like that's 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 massive because obviously it's the biggest automaker uh, by market cap other than Tesla. Um, yeah, and all the premium yeah. brands there too, like Acura, uh, Infinity, mm -hmm. um, Nexus, Lexus. So mm -hmm. yeah. All right, Stefan's back. Taillights on most modern cars are too small, and front lights build too close together, and thus turn signals are hidden. All right. I've so. never noticed that problem, but and the bolt actually problem. the bolt actually has some weird uh, turn signals. Like they're very low, and people have been kind of hacking their cars to move mm -hmm. the turn signals up. All right, Joel Sap, question. Got to hand it to you guys. You get tons of grief, but you are still huge fans of Tesla. Uh, well, it's more yeah. like Tesla is the EV, like you know. 60 to 80 percent of the market yeah like they're leading in everything they're kind of the 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 big name in town so uh, well I also mean, like we we weren't we're not dumb like we drive the car <laughs> we we've owned tesla for a long yeah. time like 
we know they're good. <laughs> like, yeah, coming so up on not, 10 years for me. We're, we're not going to be lying to people and like just because they make a few moves that we disagree with and we're going we, we're gonna to be critical of those moves. We're going to be like, oh, that makes the whole car so bad. Like even with the Elon things these days, like I'm not, I'm not, on, uh, I'm not on board with a lot of things that Elon is doing and saying, but that doesn't stop me from loving the car. Because what else I'm gonna do? Like, there's not anything that comes close yet. There's yeah, things that are like, creeping in in the background a little bit, but for me, they're not coming close, close just yet. Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, a few more. Uh, the Nissan Aria is huge in the market here in Denmark. And yeah, but they should arrive here in North America, though. Like, it's oh, but also New Jersey. There's a there's some Arias out there. No, I know, you, you uh, can get it now. It's just like there's a few of them, but right. it's not in any significant volume in North America. And yeah, yeah, there is some markets in in Europe where they they sold a decent amount, but you cannot just give up on the whole market. Hey, what 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 is Nissan without the North American market? Like I don't know what the percentage are, but. It, it wouldn't be the same company. Like, you, it would be in trouble. Like, for sure. Like, th 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 this happened before in the past. We've seen it. We've seen it with GM. We've seen it in Ford when, when they went, well, Ford didn't go bankrupt, but close. And GM went bankrupt and they had to completely reshape their, their um, business in different markets. And that affected the company greatly. And they were nearly bankrupt. So, right. You have to be careful with that stuff. Like again, I've been saying it for a while, but some giants will fall from the electric revolution. And Nissan might be one of them. I'm not so sure, but Toyota, Toyota, I think I'm real, real concerns about. And I will say uh, the Nissan Aria, like they had a, an amazing prototype, and then it came out with the Aria, and it's not quite as amazing. But the interior is really nice. So if you are looking for that type of vehicle, check out the interior of the Aria. It's 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 like way better than you expect. All right. Well, uh, that's it for us this week. Uh, thanks a lot for everyone that's listening. Thanks to our sponsor, SAE International. Uh, again, if you want to go to uh, that conference, you can go in the show notes right now. We have a link to register. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about them uh, in the coming weeks too, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you that's watching right now, that's still watching. Uh, it's awesome that you're here. Uh, stay safe out there, especially if you're in the Northeast right now. It's, it's, it's a cold one. You have to be careful. Uh, frostbites are a real thing. No joke. Uh, and uh, we'll try to stay safe ourselves, especially set that's... Uh, Crazy enough to to go well. Crazy enough, he has to. It's a competition based kid. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't think he would be out there. No. But uh, we'll try to stay safe too, so that we are back next week, uh, same time, same place. Have a